room for crying out loud. What? He sounds like he's in a studio. I said, <laughs> Peterson, do it to me again. Peterson put carpet down so he sounds like he's in a house, not a hallway. <laughs> not just carpet, but I've got bath towels Oh, gosh. You guys, we've been off now for two weeks. Welcome back to Show Center, the Air Show podcast. It feels like four. Well, whatever it's been. I'm Matt Jolly. Joined by Out of Work Air Show announcers Rob Ryder and Rick Peterson. How did we manage to get this kind of a show tonight? We have uh, two all-stars joining us. I'm telling you, big, big night. These guys, they're making a movie right now out in uh, in the West Coast. We'll talk to them in just a few minutes. They made another aviation movie last year. I don't have any idea when it's going to come out. (laughs) I just, the guy that made it, I understand the character, I should say, the character that it's centered around, he's dangerous. He's dangerous. I don't know when it's going to, it might not ever come out. Cancel culture. Very cryptic. Yeah. Very cryptic. Who knows what's going to happen with that one. All right. So, uh, yeah, Kevin LaRosa and Steve Hinton will be be on the show tonight. Some uh, Hinton in his own right, an air show star and... uh, LaRosa, a big name in aviation as well. What do we have, guys? Let's get straight into it because we want to be timely. We want to be very timely with the guys that make a movie last year and still don't release it. We want to be very timely with these two guys. I don't guys. even know what date this is. I don't either. That's not, not, not to worry, Rob. Not to worry. <laughs> just, just because well, because at this point, I have nothing to do till April. That's right. Let's get right into it. What do we have in Prop Wash, Rick? Yes, in the Prop Wash... We have more bad news. Oh, gosh. Oh, no, no, no. Moron. So, thank thank you, Wade. So, the F-35 engine issue, uh, of course, affected the demonstration team. This is the fifth-generation fighter, right? We're talking about the F-35, the the latest and greatest. This is what what happens when you buy a jet that's still in development. (laughs) I don't know. Have we ever done that before? Yeah, you think? Purchased a fighter that's still being developed. Okay. So... There was a there was an issue with the engines. I don't I can't even begin to pretend to know what the actual issue is. Something about it overheating or something, and I've done that to my car, so it's easily done. And it's far from a fifth generation automobile. This this car is almost eight hundred thousand kilometers on it. Jeez. I, wow. I, so ACC has new schedules that rolled out today. Uh, they've moved things around. They fixed things up, and uh, and there you have it. But uh, sadly, some of the shows will not get the F-35, and uh, and they'll move on. And uh, that may get cleaned up before the end of the season, but they've committed to this new schedule now. And there you have it. The Royal International Air Tattoo, billed as the greatest air show on the planet, canceled uh, their July show. That is the second year of cancellations for them. Uh, my heart goes out to the team there, Alan, and everybody else. They have—they uh, are doing it right. Uh, they're hoping, of course, for a lot of rollovers, like they asked last year, that people uh, uh, leave their ticket money parked, and uh, and they will be honored in 2022. Uh, but they're also doing refunds, and they're also looking for donations because this is pretty hard on a big show like that to go two years without being able to get money back into the coffers again. And uh, so we just. We understand it's 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 a worldwide scope that air show, and because of that, because they have so many aircraft coming in from so many different countries, you can imagine during this pandemic to try and manage that, with vaccines or not, and all the different rules and complying and what the UK is going through right now with a new variant of this, of this virus, it's impossible to do those planning. Uh, 
things now and the decisions have to be made. So they've decided, as tough as it was, not to go ahead this year in July. And, uh, and they're hoping for a good 2022. Somehow 2020 just won't let go, guys. But that, I'm in a nutshell, you. is probably. Well, and we did hear about the SBA small business loans uh, not panning out for air shows. I mean, that was another hit uh, right there below the belt. Why, please but, help me understand. No, I, why, I don't have any idea. I mean, it's all why, politics why, at this I point. Qualify. Well, it is politics. And, I, and, I, I, and we promise not to get into that on this program. But I don't understand why I qualify for aid here. Uh, and it, it fits the same kinds of rules as someone self-employed and stuff, and you can't get that kind of a handout down there just to give you a hand through this. So maybe I, I guess the solution in this is never to rely. You can't rely on government for, for these kinds of things. you got to do it yourself. So we need to know. put our heads to gentlemen, the three of us, yeah. and come up with another way to help our members in, at ICAST. Hang like on, let's, we did last let's, uh, let's just ask so somebody right now. Wayne, Wayne, what do you think, Wayne? I have no idea at the moment. Okay, uh, thanks, yeah, Boggs. Boggs never has any ideas. Well, I agree we with that. Have, I agree. Yeah. We got to do something. We're at that point right. again. Get yeah. the band back together. You guys want to do this? Should we call these guys and see? I, they've been flying yes, all should. day. I mean, you know, they've, they've been out doing it. Let's uh, let's see if we can get them on the phone. Devotion, the movie based on Adam Mako's book about Korean war hero Jesse Leroy Brown and Thomas J. Hudner Jr. is filming in Washington this week. Eleven real vintage aircraft, including Bearcats, Corsairs, Sky Raiders, and MiGs are being used. Some ICAST members are a key part of the flying crew. The director, J.D. Dillard's dad, Bruce, was a Blue Angels pilot. 1988, Bruce became the first African-American pilot with the team. The aerial film crew from Top Gun 2 using Randy Howell's Cinejet, the Patriot Jet team fame. Uh, Kevin LaRosa, the second aerial coordinator for Top Gun 2 and now Devotion, joins us from Washington State where they've been filming today along with fellow motion picture and television stunt pilot and fellow ICAST member Steve Hinton, one of the pilots on the movie. How's that for an intro, guys? Very nice. Couldn't have read it any better. Oh, great. <laughs> so tell me, uh, we'll start with you, Kevin. Uh, shooting this film, this this is a big budget production, and you're using the real deal, not the CGI stuff. Absolutely. It's, uh, it's kind of what we like to see. I mean, guys like Steve and I are airplane guys. We like using real airplanes in the movies, and we watch them on the big screen. We can that those are the real deal that's the real airplanes on screen making those moves and uh and uh, i'm always a big fan of using practical aircraft enhancing with cgi is great but full cgi just isn't the way to go and when you are working with multiple different types of airplanes your shooting schedule must be based on what airplane is available at what time has did that become a, a confusing thing for you and the production crew and steve and everybody to get the right to be filming with the right airplanes in the right sequence because you shoot these movies totally out of sequence it was it a scheduling nightmare no actually you know Steve and I have been planning this movie for, it feels like a year we've been talking about it and, and it's, uh, it's becoming more real and real every, every single month that we've gotten to this point. By the time we've gotten here, we know the story so well that we can take the sorties and put the sorties in an order that makes sense for shooting. So we don't shoot in story order. Like you said, uh, we shoot in a logical order that makes sense. So for instance, if there's a sky Raider working in the movie, and that's going to be in multiple different sequences in the movie. You need to shoot those sequences together so you can bring in an asset, an expensive asset, get that asset shot complete and sent home. 
uh, instead of bringing an asset out continuously over and over again, that gets very expensive with crew equipment and support. So I would say that I think Steve have been, Steve and I have been looking at this for so long that we're able to break it down and put it in a logical order and then go out and shoot it. And, uh, you know, we have very talented folks with us. We have script supervisors, we have an aerial director of photography and all those people keep Steve and I on it. They, you know, say, Hey, this guy needs to be having a mask on. This guy needs to have bombs on his wing. This guy needs to have rockets. And even I get to put it all together, but the creative folks keep us honest and making sure we're shooting the right thing. So the attention to detail is significant. Also, let me ask you this. In terms of aircraft-mounted cameras, uh, you know, with with cameras getting so small yet so high quality, you can mount multiple cameras on these airplanes um, at the same time. And then I'm assuming inside and outside so they can see the faces or the what, you know, whatever's behind the mask or, and the helmet and, and stuff. Um, is that something that multiple cameras have become? become a, a normal sort of thing for shooting a movie like this? I think, uh, I think there's a recipe for an aerial movie that we've used before on, you know, the last big feature we did, you know, Top Gun Maverick. And that recipe is, is jet, uh, air to air photography. In this case, we're using a jet or the Cinejet helicopter to jet, or in this case, helicopter to Corsair, which is a very dissimilar formation. And that creates speed wow. flybys and blowbys ground photography and uh, mounts that are on board the aircraft so the audience can feel like they're riding on board these machines. And if you mix all that stuff together in the right way, it really helps you tell the story and I think it puts the audience right in the story uh, and takes them for a bit of a thrill ride. So that's kind of the, Did, I, the secret sauce, if you will, for, I think, in my opinion, making an aerial movie, telling the story. Is the editor of the movie going to be somebody who's an aircraft or, or an airplane fanatic or really has uh, has a great deal of aircraft knowledge, or will you or and the director sit over that editor's shoulder from the time uh, they get the dailies or choose what they're going to cut into the film? Uh, the editor is an airplane fanatic, but the beauty is, is that the producers and the director and the DP of the movie are really keen on guys like myself and actually Steve being a part of the editing process to make sure that they're editing this in a, in a true fashion and making these aircraft look and act real. So I guess the point being is that they're going to great lengths to make sure that what we're shooting is accurate and stays accurate even in the editing room. That's great. Hooray. I love it. I love it. And there are multiple times when we're reviewing some of the shots that we've all done uh, following a, uh, like what we call an animatic or cartoon the director puts together and we kind of laugh sometimes, you know, when the guy's flying it with his left hand and he's signaling, doing things, looking the wrong way. So we're all, you know, Kevin's been really good about uh, diplomatically, uh, you know, uh, getting the, those, uh, the mindset to change a little bit about that. You know? Steve, who, who's guys breaking into each other in formation, that stuff. You know? <laughs> we can't even break in, in this conversation, Steve, you wouldn't want us doing it. The yeah, three of yeah, us know, are yeah. terrible. We just, I, I, Rick, if I may, just ask Steve real quick. Yeah. Steve, I, you're such a, a great guy with the museum out there, Planes of Fame and everything. I love coming out there. But did you ever, did you ever interact with uh, with Hudner at all in your in your time out there at the museum? Did not. No, um, we we met with the uh, black label people in, uh, maybe a year and a half ago and talked to them. Uh, they wanted to come out and then. Uh, look at all the, air, the airplanes and talk about the, the show. And of course, uh, you know, the best-selling book, it's an amazing story. And, and uh, Fred Smith from uh, FedEx was so interested in making sure the story gets told that you know, he's taking responsibility for this. So 
and he's an airplane guy, big time. So, uh, you know, the, he'll get all the credit, thank goodness. I think it's a great story all the way around. I, I remember at Oshkosh a few years ago, Adam Makos, you might have been there, Steve. Uh, it's just, I mean, I've slept since then, you know, but everybody was walking around looking at Corsairs, you know, almost like you would uh, walking down uh, window shopping, you know, well, maybe this one would work. And uh, what, what are you using right now? I know, Rick, you were wanting to know that too. What, talk to us a little bit about yeah. this is an airplane who's, show. Talk to us about the planes and who's, who's flying yeah. them. Yeah. Uh, well, Jeff can talk on that. So we, uh, you know, whenever we go into a movie like this, we, we find the best of the best. It's, you find the picture ship pilots and the experienced pilots, you know, how to fly airplanes on camera. And there's tons of amazing warbird pilots out there and anybody can do this stuff, but it takes experience to really know how to fly an airplane on camera. It's a little different. Uh, and we went out and obviously we found the Hinton. I mean, Steve-O and Steve Hinton are the best of the best in the business and they make me look good every day. And, uh, they're out there flying the Corsairs. We got John Hinton out here. We have, uh, Jim Marnelli and Mike Oliver from, uh, Erickson, uh, museum. We're going to have Dan Freakin out here shortly. Um, so that's what you do. I mean, you kind of surround yourself with professionals and, and people that are, uh, that are extremely proficient in the airplane and can fly it second nature and be able to fly on camera. Now the, the aircraft are in the pictures that I've seen, uh, the few pictures that have been posted of the, uh, of the production so far, uh, they're painted up in, in Korean, uh, colors and, uh, units, including the Sky Raider. So are these, uh, repaints on them? I mean, what's been done to the aircraft, Steve? planes are uh, painted in temporary paint you know one of the airplanes we have is painted in the early world war ii scheme you know originally and then uh, um the erickson airplane is painted like jesse brown's airplane but anyway they, you know we're painting them all in the squadron markings and it's it's done believe it or not with a wax based paint that stays on the airplane very well and, and there it's easily washed off doesn't damage the uh, Steve, how many times, you know, do you have to negotiate with these guys? Do you, are you on some kind of incredible rider that says, yeah, I'll fix the airplane if it breaks, or you can hire me to fix the airplane if it only if it breaks? I mean, how does that work out for you? Because you're a jack of all trades when it comes to these aircraft. Well, fortunately, like what Kevin was saying, you know, the projects really hinge around the, the talent and the airplanes, uh, you know, the people that, that operate these airplanes and work on them and, you know, there are a lot of planes that look like the right airplanes, but you know, we try to, like Kevin mentioned, you know, we try to get the, the people that are, that know what the business is about and know what's at stake. And, uh, you know, when we have delays or whatever, we'll, so we get the right people involved. You know, they're really good airplanes and they're pretty reliable, but you know, for instance, we're up here in the snow, by the way. So, you know, we're operating or freezing temperatures. You have to preheat the planes and then we have to clean the taxiways and, uh, you know, we've got all kind of new challenges that we're really not used to. You know, we're not Canadian like you, Rick. So, you know, this yeah, is this white say, stuff cry, is weird. Cry me a river. <laughs> yeah, cry yeah, me a river. Yeah, no kidding. Itself, it, it lends itself to the authenticity of what Korea and that conflict must have been like, uh, given the winter <laughs> months and the fighting that went on there. Crazy. Unbelievable, too, when you think about it. Tell me, you guys, a little bit about the maybe pick one particular aerial sequence that you guys have shot. Um, is this something that uh, you're are you are you doing one v ones or what kind of stuff uh, are we going to expect to see in the in the film? You know, without uh, without going into any detail or revealing anything, I would say that you know Steve and I are constantly trying to figure out how to shoot things practically. <clears throat> so when there's multiple airplanes in the air or a giant stunt sequence that maybe somebody would say, you know what, we'll do that in post. We'll fix it in VFX. We'll add all those airplanes later, or we'll make them lower than they really are. 
we're really going to great lengths to not do that. We're trying to shoot everything practically. And that's what we did. It's what we did on Top Gun, and it's what our mission has been out here. Is we we safety brief, we walk through the briefs with stick model airplanes. Uh, we know our shots when we get in the air, and and we shoot very complicated sequences. There's times we go out on a sortie for an hour and a half, and we might only come back with two shots. We might come back with one shot, and that in a way is acceptable because it might take the entire sortie just to figure out how to do it safely. Or as I always say. You crawl, walk, run, right? So you start with some extra safety distance, maybe further from the ground, further from each other, and you walk it in to a point where everybody feels safe. And sometimes that's how long it takes to make things perfect. When we started this movie, we have an amazing director and, and DP of the movie, Eric Messerschmidt, and, and he said, don't settle for anything less than perfect. Make it perfect. And that's, I think, what our crew does. We strive for perfection, professionalism, and excellence every time we go out in those airplanes. And I think that's going to show well on camera. Kevin, how did you get into this? Because I'm hearing you talk on this, and I mean, this is not something you can't be born in the building to do this. I mean, you've got to learn how to do this, but probably by doing. And I, this is just all incredibly expensive stuff to work with. How, how does a guy become Kevin LaRosa? Well, uh, you know, I, I really was uh, kind of in the right place at the right time, all thanks to my father, Kevin LaRosa Sr., uh, I was born into a, a family pilot, third generation pilot, second generation stunt pilot and aerial coordinator. Uh, so I grew up with my dad flying for film. You know, he, he was the airwolf pilot and, and a warbird pilot. He owned a P-51 and a T-6 and flew on Pearl Harbor. And Steve's worked with my dad for years and years. And I knew what I wanted to do since I was a little boy. But my dad, as a teenager, gave me the best advice ever. Even though I had my sights set and I knew what I wanted to do, he forced me to leave that. He said, you need to go out in the world and be your own pilot, be your own aviator and get your own experience or nobody will trust you being just a junior. Uh, and that was really hard for me to do. It was one of the hardest things in my life of leaving everything I loved doing on the movie set with my dad. And that's what I did. I went and, you know, I flew jet charter, helicopter charter. I did utility work. I did uh, medical helicopter stuff. I joined a group that flew a highly modified Lear 25, Wolf Air Aviation. Great folks over there. And I got to do very non-standard stuff, uh, flying with big airliners and military aircraft and, you know, two ship IFR, two ship night stuff, and just really non-standard stuff that gave me a lot of experience so that when I got here today, I can look back and say, you know what? I, I feel good about what I'm doing. I have my own experience and I'm not just a junior looking back on it now is the best uh, advice anybody's ever given me. Um, so I guess what I would say as I was given the opportunities by being kind of bored into a family that did that stuff, given really good advice about how to become my own person and then worked hard to, to uh, move on that opportunity. And Steve, I, I guess it's gotta be really gratifying to have uh, Steven in there as, as uh, part of the crew as well. Oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, we've all watched Steve rare race, but, uh, you know, just like Kevin and that was kind of the same advice that, uh, Steve got from me was, uh, you know, you got to be your own man. And, uh, you know, you, you try and try to influence your, your kid to a certain level, uh, but it's going to boil down to, he's got to make up his own mind and uh, see how he does. And, you know, Steve really does have a, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, he's my kid and all, but I'm telling you, he's got an exceptional talent. He's, he is and Kevin will tell you this too. You know, he's, he's new to this. He's only done it a few times, but uh, he could teach, a lot of people, a lot of things. He's he's really got a great feel for uh, 
you know, what an airplane can do and uh, what can do safely. Um, you know, he, he's uh, come a long way and he's got a long way to go. But uh, we're all in this together. And, like, uh, you know, Kevin doesn't give himself much credit either. And I have to tell you, I've worked with a lot of people, but Kevin is uh, very organized and Kevin lays out things, uh, you know, in a way that uh, is so easily to understand. Uh, so we're real. I'm really happy that uh, we've got a good team together. Uh, Dan Friedkin's got his own Air Force. Uh, what uh, what airplanes does he bring in, and uh, what airplanes are you bringing, uh, Steve, from from Planes of Fame and Chino? What uh, what are we going to see from each of you two guys? Oh, well, sure. Well, Planes of Fame, we have our uh, Corsair F4U1, which is really uh, you know not a Korean airplane, but it's painted like a Korean airplane, and we use it as a mount airplane, like Kevin mentioned. We've got what do we have five six different kinds of cameras we can carry on that airplane. And some of them, we, we carry as many as three or four at the same time. And, you know, at high speed, we're up to almost 300 knots doing dives and things with these cameras. Uh, so they're great. <clears throat> uh, no problem there. We also had our, used our MiG-15 in it, and, uh, which was interesting because the speed ranges are so, you know, when we're filming these things down, we're trying to follow someone down a canyon or whatever. And, a, you know, a MiG doesn't come to its own day about 350 knots. So trying to, you know, come bring this all together. Together, Kevin is—he's uh, the man for that. He's got the eye. He's been able to keep us in the same sky and the same lens, so that's great. Um, we've got a, our Bearcat will be in it uh, coming up shortly, and then uh, Dan Freakin brings the Bearcat and the Corsair and his support. He's got uh, an amazing uh, means of supporting and helping, and with his—you uh, know—the Horseman trailer and and his staff, uh, we've been able to cut through any delays just with them and with the proper people that we have in place. So we really, really are in a good place right now. We're real happy with how things are. Speaking of Dan's support, I'll tell you, speaking of Dan's support, I'll never forget, Steve, it was you and Dan and the guys, you were, we were flying the show at, at Luke Air Force Base and everything goes nuts. I mean, the radio went nuts security forces was mobilizing everything's going crazy and ralph looks at me and he goes it's just dan and about that time here you guys come in a helicopter and you just set it down and, uh, yeah. and out they go <laughs> yep, yep, that's, that's pretty obvious yeah. i think it's great yeah. that's good to yeah, hear unfortunately, I gotta, I gotta... unfortunately i'm just gonna say dan has been uh, stuck with some business uh, so we haven't seen much of dan at all he's he's really been working really hard and uh, Hopefully, we're going to get to see him here in the next couple of weeks again. So That's fantastic. Well, that's awesome. Jump in there, Rick. Kind of a business question, too, here at the end is uh, the director, J.D. Dillard's uh, dad, Bruce, who was the Blue Angels pilot. This young director, 32 uh, years of age, a dad with uh, this incredible air show history. And it was air shows that attracted him to fly the jets. Have you, have you met his dad, Bruce? Because apparently he's pretty impressive when it comes to the financial world and business these days as well. Kevin? I have not met Bruce, but we've heard a lot about Bruce. And by the way, you know, the, the director of this movie, J.D., is is a huge aviation fanatic, you know, to the point of, you know, what we always do when we create these aerial sequences, we build them with stick models and an iPhone, and we we come up with, we use Steve and Steve-O, we use these great minds to come up with the most, you know, amazing aerial sequences we can come up with that are realistic and we can film them. We shoot them with stick models and an iPhone. And then, you know, and that's what JD, I remember being in a conference room day after day with the director of the movie, setting up these stick models to be realistic. And, and JD was telling his story 
through aviation. It was amazing. And then these iPhone videos get edited together. They go to an editor and they become these cartoons that Steve spoke of earlier, these previs. And that's what we have to go off of every day. We have screenshots from the previs and we watch these little videos, which are cartoons basically made from our stick models. Uh, you know, and the, and the folks that make them, you know, they, they, they make little mistakes here of what we should be holding or, you know, what should happen, but it's close. Close enough so to where like, guys like Steve and I could make them real-life, practical images on camera. So and these are video the storyboards then, right? Yeah. Pretty much, yeah. 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 You've been on the air show circuit for some time now. Do you remember Bruce as a Blue Angel? Well, um, I got to tell you that I actually got a ride with the Blue Angels, and Bruce was in the, on the team. And the guy who took me for a ride, uh, we, we talked with J.D. about it, was was actually a person that J.D. as a little kid spent a lot of time with, a guy named Matt Seaman. And uh, so when I told him I got a ride with the Blue Angel, and I went up with a guy named Matt Seaman, he goes, oh, my God, that's my that's Uncle Matt. You know, it's like, so, yeah. And then he, But then he called oh, Matt well. to see if I was telling a story or not. So, I mean, so I, I lucked out, and it was right. <laughs> That's phenomenal. But anyway, well, great, yeah, great having you guys on, and we appreciate your time. Uh, well, thanks, I, guys. Sincerely, yeah. I do appreciate it, and look forward to seeing the movie. Uh, when can we expect devotion uh, behind the big screen? You know, they haven't told us. Uh, typically, these things range from about eight months, uh, six to eight months of post production. I think that's a pretty good estimate, but they haven't told us. Um, smart, smart they, they, people yeah. there, because <laughs> who knows, right? When we'll, we're still waiting on Top Gun. We're looking forward to that one too. But uh, guys, no kidding, we're all waiting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, us too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine what? I mean, Dale Snort Snodgrass has just got to be. Well, he's he's taken up hunting. I mean, when Top Gun comes yeah, out, we'll have to hear all about it again. He moved to Lewiston, Idaho, too, which isn't very far from where we are right now. But he's stuck in the snow, I guarantee you. Yeah. Well, we're looking yeah. forward to yeah. seeing it. He we're... probably doesn't care in his log cabin. Guys, guys, seriously. Get my little violin out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> thanks, for, <laughs> thanks for coming on. We, we really do appreciate it. Thanks, you guys. Okay. Miss you guys, Rick. We didn't do any air shows this year, so we didn't get to hear any of your jokes. But I'm, I'm waiting for next this coming year. So, all right. <laughs> well, hopefully, I'll remember them by then. Again, our thanks to Steve Henton and Kevin Larosa, filmmakers on the movie Devotion that'll be out as we heard at some point. Right? I think they were smart to say that way. Don't don't you? I mean, not let's not give anything <laughs> a chance at this point, right? Well, like he said, it's almost a year you know, close to a year with post-production and all of that stuff. Yeah. So they maybe by that time, who knows, yeah. but by that time, maybe they'll be on schedule, but uh, wouldn't it be great? Certainly for the Navy, if both these films, Top Gun two, that both of these guys have worked on and, uh, and devotion come out at the same time or relatively in the same summer, for example, uh, that'd be a great hit for not only Navy recruitment in the air show industry, if we're rocking and rolling by that time, uh, but also for the Warbird uh, community, uh, because you'd want to make sure uh, that you could tie into these kinds of things. And uh, and the Corsair is so popular, so is the Sky Raider and the Bearcat and everything else they're using in this thing. So uh, we get the ICAST people involved in that, and uh, I think that would be great all around for the film and for air shows and I'm all of us aviation fans. 
And I'm thrilled with the uh, care they're taking with their attention to detail. Uh, that's, uh, you know, because they're, uh, I've seen some other movies that they just haven't cared that much. And it just, it for an aviation geek like I am and like we are, uh, not, not being able to to see some sort of sense of accuracy is a bummer. It's like watching a movie and they're talking about B-24s and then they have a shot of a B-25 going by. I've literally seen that kind of thing in in documentaries and things. And it's just kind of a kind of a drag. So let's uh, I'm excited for this thing. This sounds like a great, kind of like great story. Some guy try and try and open a prison door with a skeleton key that isn't the right air at all. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. All right. Well, listen, guys, thanks for, uh, for sitting over? down and uh, doing a show. We, yes, we are way over. We're at done. This time. Right. Can you believe that? <laughs> Hollywood Zone, Kevin LaRosa. The, the, the one night, the one night I used the metaphor born in the building. What does he say? I was born in the building. I was born in the building. <laughs> what a guy, though. I mean, what a guy. Second and, second only to my other favorite moment where you were sucking up so royally to try and get an invite in Georgia to come see the set, and it just fell flat. I Rick, we're editing that. that part out. <laughs> oh, pardon <laughs> We can't talk about that part, Too late. Rick. It's too was, late. It was a monumental <laughs> suck-up. You have never heard anything. <laughs> so, it sucked well, so much. You told me they were coming <laughs> here. That's why I thought they were coming here. I, yeah. Part of that man's body to try and get <laughs> and he wanted nothing to do with it. Just love. Oh golly! They're gonna shoot you down if you approach in that little airplane. I know, is. right? I, it, no, I'm here for the I'm here for the movie. It's really the okay. Well, the Canadians were involved in the conflict, but I don't think they took the chipmunk. Cute helmet too. It's a cute helmet. <laughs> it's a named for a rodent, Rick. Oh my gosh! Oh, All right, that's I would it. Have just just one quiet scene where in the background the little yellow chipmunk taxis by one of the corsairs. cameo. Moron. Yeah, you know, I, just, yeah. I didn't say it right. I know we're not on the air and whatever, but I got to give Kevin all the credit. Oh my gosh, this. Kevin, you have been just out of this world, really, with uh, how you're handling the whole crew, and the briefings and all. And, I, you know, everybody is so impressed. And uh, I'm just going to say thank you again. Uh, it means a lot coming from you, Steve. Uh, I'll give you that $100 later. But Yeah, later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you guys are no, making me with it every day. Thank you. Well, it works both ways. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs>